0: Money it, throw it up Watch it from the sky Everybody, to the ride in NFL DFS podcast The Wild Card Edition Brought to you by Fanshare Sports Head on over to fansharesports.com today Check out their buzz ratings and ownership tools To help you set your daily fantasy lineups Well the postseason is here. Uh, these are some of my favorite slates. these four game slates, um, the three game slate on Thanksgiving, the three game slate on Saturday two weeks ago. Uh, I think it's a, a solid amount of, of players to uh, be able to choose from and there's definitely a strategy uh, involved in you know creating your player pool and entering lineups depending on how many lineups uh, you Typically make. Okay, before we get into the actual place for the slate, a few things. Um, FF Cheesehead has not contacted me yet to uh, claim his prize. The beautiful office pint glass uh, that everyone was in the drawing for. So we'll give him a few days, um, but if he does not contact me by the time we review the wild card round, I will draw a new winner. Also, I want to thank everybody. Uh, a bunch of new reviews popped up. I know I mentioned that you know we get a ton of listenership on this podcast and, and iTunes only has 32 reviews or 33 reviews or whatever it was. So we definitely uh, boosted the ratings. I do want to call attention to one review. I'm not someone who usually gets bothered by reviews or um, really by what others think of me. However, one of the reviews does say that uh, it's a four-star review, which is fine. You could give this podcast whatever you want, stars-wise, rate it how you wish. Uh, but the reason that he says he docked me a star is because that I mentioned that I played Christian McCaffrey every week in cash games when he specifically remembers me tilting the fact that I did not have Christian McCaffrey on the week that Ron Rivera left him in uh, right to the very end in a blowout and cost me some money he is correct. I did tilt the fact that Christian McCaffrey was left in, uh, I believe it was week 11, they were getting smashed, and he trotted Christian McCaffrey out for two extra series uh, in which he tacked on like 10 or 12 extra fantasy points. What he is incorrect about is that was not a cash game roster that I was tilting. That was the king of the beach final that I had qualified for. Um, If Christian McCaffrey had not played those last two series which he shouldn't have in a, in a 5.5 touchdown blowout I would have advanced to Miami and instead of winning 4 or 5k uh, would have won uh, or had a chance to win at least a 100k so just just so we're clear um, I'm pretty sure I still did play Christian McCaffrey every week in cash uh, that he was on the main slate the week that I tilted not having Christian McCaffrey uh, that was in the king of the beach semi-final Just wanted to get that off my chest, because I know a lot of people are going to read that review and think that I am lying to the people. Uh, All right, so let's get into this wild card slate, Um, and I'm going to be very honest with you, uh, you know, most podcasts you're going to listen to this week are going to talk about each game, game by game, and they're probably going to mention literally every player that steps on the field. Uh, So... I'm not going to do that. Right. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you my favorite plays, maybe a, a few dark throws that I will be sprinkling throughout my lineup. The issue that I have with some with some daily fantasy podcasts and really just any fantasy football podcast in general is a lot of times and I listen to podcasts um, when I'm not doing my own. I listen to them in my car. I listen to them at the gym. Um, Anytime that I'm really not that I'm alone, uh, you know, I have uh, a podcast on because I just love um, taking in information like that, and I think there's a lot of good information on on podcasts. My issue is that uh, you know sometimes you listen to an hour long podcast and you come away not even really knowing which players are their favorites. So I try to do the opposite uh, of that here. Um, you know, condense the information, give you exactly who I like, and uh, let you decide from there okay first things first I think I'm going to have um, a lot of the first game on this slate personally I think the ownership will be uh, a bit depressed here oftentimes on the first game of the slate we see uh, DFS players kind of shy away mainly because they don't want their lineups to be dead at uh, eight o'clock on Saturday when there are still three games left to play I think we could take advantage of of that I really like Josh Allen, um, he has thrown up a bunch of 20 plus fantasy point games this year. He's been actually really steady, has a pretty decent floor, and he faces the worst passing defense on the slate. Um, the Texans have, you know, really just been obliterated. They allow uh, the most yards per play uh, overall on the entire slate. So, I really think Josh Allen and you know, John Brown and Cole Beasley are a decent, are decent stacking options. I'll probably have more than the field uh, on them as well as uh, Dawson Knox. Um, he'll be in my Josh Allen stacks. Um, he'll be, uh, you know, just a stackable piece. If I have Josh Allen, I should have um, Knox in, you know, maybe about half of my Josh Allen stacks or um, a quarter of uh, my Josh Allen stacks something of that nature he's not going to be a tight end that I have as a standalone play um, whereas John Brown and Cole Beasley will probably could be one-offs in lineups where you don't have um, Josh Allen initially uh, additionally I like Devin Singletary a lot too the um, the Texans allow the most receiving touchdowns in the entire league so that obviously bodes well for Devin Singletary, who played 96% of snaps in week 16 um, and has pretty much just taken over lead back duties since week nine. So this game, I think, is really going to be a game that I focus on. Um, I like bringing it back with you know, DeAndre Hopkins or potentially Will Fuller if he's healthy. One player I will have you keep an eye on is DeAndre Carter. He got a spot start last week, obviously, since their entire offense. Sat the game and, you know, he performed well, six for almost 70 yards. And he's a player that has filled in, um, over the last two years pretty admirably when players are out. So keep an eye on Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. If they're both out, man, fire up DeAndre Carter. If one of them are, is out, he'll, he will be, Carter will be the third wide receiver in three wide receiver sets. So I like him as well in, as a, you know, just a dart throw in Texans and Bills stacks. Uh, The second game I'm going to have virtually none of, you know, the Patriots and the Titans. um, I think it's a pretty solid game to uh, shy away from. You know, Brady and Tannehill are two of the four quarterbacks that I probably won't have uh, any stock in at all this weekend. Um, You know, the the Patriots defense is just uh, too good, especially Stephon Gilmore and defense like. That, that takes away your number one option, whereas Tannehill, uh, you know, his games are directly correlated to, his big games are directly correlated to big games for A.J. Brown. What I am going to do, though, is pivot to Corey Davis, Tajay Sharp, and uh, John U. Smith in some lineups. I will probably won't have any of them together, um, but without throughout uh, my player pool, um, as a cheap wide receiver, or tight end option. I am going to sprinkle those guys through. I do like Corey Davis uh, quite a bit at 3,800. On the Patriots side of things, I think you can have a, a tad bit of Nikhil Harry. And um, also, uh, I will be overweight. On, I'll at least try to be overweight on the Patriots defense, Sony Michelle and James White. Um uh, there's often oftentimes you can roster two running backs from the same team. I don't think this is one of those times, you know, if the Pats defense crush and they just run the ball 25 times with Sony Michelle, obviously James white, isn't going to um, get much done. If James white is racking up perceptions, then they're they've probably gone to a, a pass heavy game script. And Sony Michelle probably isn't getting uh, all the work that we'd expect Obviously, I think the Patriots' defense is is pretty decent in this game. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, I'll have to see what the ownership projections say closer to Saturday and Sunday. If he's going to be highly owned because he steamrolled uh, through the Texans last week, I, I'll be way underweight. Um, if, you know, sites like Fanshare or 444 are projecting him to be – in the you know teens, I could potentially match that ownership, um, but I'm not especially excited about Derrick Henry um, after, you know, just analyzing the matchup, analyzing how I think this, the game is going to go, the pace. This is the game that I, I really am not going to have a ton of pieces from a lot of one-offs, a lot of lineups with one Sony Michelle or one James White or Michelle and the Patriots defense, or um, you know, uh stacking other games but dropping in Tajay Sharp or something of that nature uh, there I will not have many lineups with multiple players from both teams here uh, in fact I'll have zero lineups with multiple players from both teams okay on to the Sunday games um, really this Vikings at Saints game is uninspiring uh from a shootout standpoint, I really don't think the Vikings are going to get much going. Against this Saints team, I really only have interest in Dalvin Cook as um, a one-off play for the Vikings. Um, and then from on the on the Saints side, I think we can really, you know, we can narrow it down. It's going to be Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas as core plays, um, and then some some Jared Cook, and some Traquan Smith for me in games that I am stacking Drew Brees. Uh, you know, if, if Traquan Smith is catching, if Traquan Smith and Jared Cook are catching touchdown passes, it usually means that Drew Brees had a pretty big day. Um, so that is how I will uh, go about that game. Um, and I, I kind of like adding the Saints defense to New Orleans' offensive stacks Um, not just with Kamara but you know throwing Drew Brees and you know a Traquan Smith in there you know if things get out of hand because the Saints offense exploded in the earlier portion of the game that means Kirk Cousins will you know have to start dropping back more than usual and that often spells uh, disaster for the Vikings and then the last game, I think, is where I'm going to really take my stand. I, I'm going to play uh, a lot of the Eagles' defense. Um, the last time they faced Russ Wilson, they sacked him six times. Uh, if you look up, if you match up defensive lines versus offensive lines, you know, Philadelphia should have a pretty solid advantage here getting after Russ. I know he scrambles, makes plays. Um, they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, some, some pretty solid playmakers in that offense. Here's the issue. Uh, You know, you have to take a stand somewhere. I'm not going to tell you that I love every single player on the slate. Um, So I will be underweight on pretty much every offensive player on Seattle. I think Russ should have a lot of ownership. Um, I don't know why people just love to roster Russell Wilson. He has had like one big game against the Buccaneers all season. He's really not been great. And it's uh, in part due to the offensive line. But um, this Eagles defense has played decent uh, over the last month or so. You know they were a target for us uh, over the first half of the of the season, but they have been pretty good. Uh, not to the point where you know we would be afraid of them, but uh, I really do think that they're going to get pressure on Russ. And you know, be this being the late hammer uh, uh, on Sunday, I think a lot of offensive players are going to have ownership in this game. And, you know, loading up in that first game, fading the last game to a certain extent. You know, I will have some uh, some players in this game, but going overweight on the Eagles defense in this in this matchup, I think, is a really solid way to get contrarian. Um, As far as the Seahawks offensive players, I think we could have a little bit of DK Metcalf Um, I just can't I really just can't get behind Russ Tyler Lockett I think they're too expensive Um, if you want Michael Thomas if you want to stack the bills if you want a a running back that is halfway decent you know it's going to be very hard to get Tyler Lockett in your lineup at 7k same thing with Russ pushing 7k maybe some DK Metcalf um, maybe some Travis Homer I think I'm going to fade Marshawn Lynch um, people are kind of enamored with him. He looks like a bowling ball. Um, he basically just fell into the end zone last week uh, on his 30 yards uh, on like 13 carries. I, I think I'm just going to, you know, say no thanks to Marshawn Lynch. I'd much rather have Devin Singletary, uh, James White, Sony Michel, players like that. On the Eagles side, um, so there's a ton of injury news that has to drop first. I do, I love Dallas Goddard, obviously, if Zach Ertz doesn't play. I even think Joshua Perkins is in play if Zach Ertz doesn't play. I think Greg Ward will be a core play for me, even at 5K. There's really just no one else for Carson Wentz to throw to. Um, I'll have a little bit of Carson Wentz as well. So those are the four guys. Those are the four quarterbacks right there that I'm going to pretty much have in my player pool. Allen and Watson and Breeze and Wentz. Um, you know, I just try to take a stand in these matchups. If I'm making 20 to 30 lineups, you know, having three to five of every QB is just not going to cut it. Um, so I will definitely take a stand there with those four quarterbacks. Um, and then the running back situation for the Eagles is interesting, too. It looks like Miles Sanders is good to go. I like playing both uh, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, um, obviously in separate lineups. But um, man, Boston Scott could potentially be uh, a slate winner for us if, you know, because he's almost 6K. So if Sanders is active, he's probably going to see very little ownership. Um, but I think maybe, you know, maybe if Sanders isn't 100% healthy, the snaps are split a little bit more evenly and he is definitely a solid play. In lieu of giving you guys a core four, because, you know, on a four-game slate, I think, you know, giving you half a lineup is, um, you know, just not optimal, especially since I will be playing mostly tournaments this week. So I'll have uh, a player pool rather than, you know, one concentrated lineup in cash games that has 80 to 90% of my bankroll in play. Obviously, like I always tell you guys on these short slates, one player who's 30% owned – could break the slate if you don't have them. So my, my advice to you would be to create a player pool, um, go heavier on the guys you like, and sprinkle in dart throws of um, you know high upside guys. But don't put too much uh, of your bankroll in play on one single lineup. Uh, so in lieu of a core four, I will uh, talk about some roster construction notes. I think pairing up... Uh, Josh Allen with Devin Singletary is very smart and kind of a Bills onslaught, given that the Texans give up the most uh, receptions, the third most receptions, I believe, and the most touchdowns to pass catching running backs. So that would be my roster construction note for the Bills and Texans. Uh, For the Titans at Patriots, I would just tell you to be very smart about how you roster players from each team here um obviously uh, sony michelle and the pats defense go well together um, but if you're rostering a player like derrick henry uh oftentimes you would think that that's not a good sign for the patriots offense however the fact that he's such a home run hitter if you do sprinkle him in to some of your lineups then i would say that you could run it back um, with an akil harry or with a james white even uh, potentially Julian Edelman if you feel that he's healthy enough to, uh, slot into your roster. Uh, basically, what I'm saying here is that Derrick Henry and the opposing offense don't necessarily have negative correlation because he's such a home run hitter that it's almost like, um, pairing him up with a high volume, uh, high risk pass catcher, um, who can hit home runs because that is basically what Derrick Henry does. As far as the Vikings at Saints game goes, I think one of the important things to to learn here uh, on short slates is that it doesn't always necessarily behoove you to jam in studs, right? So Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, they're all core plays for me, right? I mean, I really think that they are point per dollar some of the better plays on the slate. However, in the context of a small slate, you have to think about your roster as a whole, right? We don't have 12, 13, 14 teams with all of these players under 5K that are enticing value. Um, To be honest, there aren't too many players under 5K on this slate that I think are solid point per dollar plays. So sure, jamming in. Michael Thomas, or let's say hitting the lock button on Michael Thomas and putting him in all 10 or all 20 or all 30 or all 150 of your lineups, um, what that does is it forces you to have to hit on the value in, in your lineup. So I mean, if the value plays that you choose, which are probably going to be few and far between because there aren't a ton on the slate, so Corey Davis flops. If Sony Michelle flops, if, um, I don't know, Duke Johnson flops, whoever it is under 5K that you are targeting as a value play this week, then it makes Michael Thomas not even worth it, right? Because even if he goes for 35, if the pool of players that you roster under 5K don't also hit value or don't at least also put up a decent amount of fantasy points. Then you're looking at a 3v3 where Michael Thomas's, let's say, 35 fantasy points don't really matter as much because you paired him up with Nikhil Harry, who went for six fantasy points, and Duke Johnson, who went for four fantasy points. You know, that's 45 fantasy points, and you have to look at it in that context, whereas maybe, you know, trying out some middle values there, middling values like, you know, John Brown, um, Will Fuller, and Devin Singletary, uh, combined, maybe they didn't hit a ceiling like Michael Thomas did at 35 or 40 fantasy points, but in the context of the 3v3, maybe all three of those players hit uh, around their medium projection and you know outscored Thomas, Duke Johnson, and Nikhil Harry. So you have to look at it in the context of, of an entire lineup if you feel strongly that there is value right like maybe you feel strongly about some of the guys under 5k more so than i do right i mean i like sony michelle i think cory davis is a nice dart throw um other than that i'm not thrilled about really anybody under 5k so that i think is going to make my lineups drift towards playing a lot more median salary players um you know i'll have michael thomas in my uh stacks with drew Brees, obviously but i think it's really going to be hard Um, to get more than one stud in your lineups this week uh, just because of the lack of value. And the roster construction note that I think I am going to give you for the Eagles at Seahawks is to be underweight on Seattle. I think you're going to hear a lot of noise about how the Eagles can't defend the pass. I think a lot of people are going to be on the Seahawks based on the fact that it's the hammer and for some reason people love to roster Russ Wilson and believe me I know that this is a very risky stand to take I know that um, Russ could throw for three touchdowns a long bomb to Lockett a long bomb to Metcalf uh, and sneak one in maybe himself and you know my entire weekend is blown up on Sunday night because of this However, it's a stand that I'm willing to take because I feel like I have found uh, a, a bit of leverage in the Eagles defense. That will do it for the wild card edition of the ride in NFL DFS podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you guys have a great start to the new year. I will talk to you on Monday with a review of the wild card weekend, how my lineups went, uh, and I will. Pick a new winner if FF Cheesehead does not get back to me on claiming his office pint glass. Good luck this weekend, everybody.